Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tribune Audio Network. I'm never going to give up. I'm never going to give up. We have to find her. I'm Katie Corman, a reporter for Fox 2 in St. Louis. My colleague Andy Banker and I have been revisiting a missing persons case from our area. Uh, we are approaching the 14th anniversary, the disappearance of Amanda Jones. Uh, Andy and I are here with Amanda's parents, Hugh and Bertha Probst. We wanted to just sort of revisit with you all and talk to you about uh, what this last year has been like since we at Fox 2 have started really digging back into this case and sort of asking questions, kicking over stones, wondering why we still haven't solved this case, but wanted to talk to you just about what the last 14 years have been like. As we're approaching the 14th anniversary, what, what are you all feeling? What's going through your heads at this point? Disappointment, discouragement. Um, yep. Yeah, we just, it just seems like it's been too long. We want answers, you know. We want to be able to to close this either one way or the other, either find her or put her to rest, one of the two. I always go back to when I first met you, you know, the initial days right after she disappeared. And uh, life has gone on for you and everybody else, for me, but at all these different stages of my own life, I still think of you guys. And I think of you marking all those times in life. Your other daughter got married, right? Yes. Uh, things have gone on. Hannah's grown up. Uh, how do you mark those times? And specifically on this day, when August the 14th rolls around, do you do anything special, different? Do you have plans for this year? Um, what is that like? No, we don't have any plans this year. Um, it's taken a toll. It's taken a toll on the family. And every time we do something like that, it just takes something else out of us that, you know, it, it's hard. It's, it's tiring. It's, um... Beats it down, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. We met shortly after the 13th anniversary. We were able to get a couple of stories on the news last fall, October, November-ish, sort of, again, reminding people, this case is still unsolved. In the months that followed, then Andy and I got to finally put this podcast together and, and in more depth and in more conversation, sort of talk about what Andy remembered from the early days of the investigation and the years following. And, and you know, I had an opportunity to 
bring in the conversations that we all had last fall to sort of bring people up to speed on where we're at now. What have been the reactions that you've gotten from family, friends, the community since these stories are being told again, since more conversations happening in this past year? Well, the ones I see coming through off the podcast or through Amanda's Facebook page, uh, a lot of them are saying they didn't realize she wasn't found yet. Um, others are mad, you know, why hasn't something been done? Uh, why haven't they done such and such or such and such, you know? Um, a lot of people are, you know, they just don't understand why this hasn't been solved yet. With all the technology we have today, they don't understand, and I don't either. Have you noticed, as opposed to some past years, has there been an uptick in the chatter? Are people talking about it more? Katie mentioned kicking over some stones. We were talking about some messages you have, are getting, whether they're, no matter how outlandish. Just wondered if you noticed anything. We, we hope to have an effect where people started talking about it again. Through the internet, I've had more effect than actual people coming to me and saying anything. But you have noticed? Yes. People are talking? Mm -hmm. People say, people say, we saw you, saw you on the news the other night, you know, we're praying for you, you know. Does that help? Do those kind of just messages of support, encouragement, does that help at oh, all? Oh yeah, it helps. It, it, you, you know that there are people out there watching, you know. You just, uh, you thank them, you know. And I pray every night, you know, for answers. This may seem like a stupid question, but I mean, uh, how many times a day do you, does she cross your mind? Oh, goodness. Every time I see Hannah, <laughs> there it is, you know. Hannah looks uh, like her mama. I go by her picture. I see the billboard that's up, you know, it's like, it all crosses your mind and brings tears to your eyes and to your heart, you know. I call Hannah Mandy a lot of times. <laughs> Still. Yeah. Well, I, I figured she's always there. I mean, to say how many times do you think of her? She was probably always. Always. There's um, always something that comes up that brings her to your memory, which she's never out of your memory, but will bring up something that you remember about her. Or... I thought the same thing when I saw Hannah. Now, I didn't know your mom, right? I only got to know her through pictures. I'd never heard her. You look at Hannah, you see Mandy. Yeah, when I saw Katie's interview, I told her, I was like, oh my God. She's one, I she's beautiful. And two, she looks just like her mom. Yes, she does. Acts like her too a lot of times. <laughs> her voice is the same. Oh yeah. Her laugh, you know. I still remember her voice. I have not forgotten different things that she would say yeah. and um, you know, how she called me mom or different little things that she does. They're, they're always there, always there. Are there certain songs, smells, places that you visit that, that you really sort of feel her presence? Yes. Her favorite place to eat was bandanas. <laughs> and for, oh, I guess it was about five years or so after she disappeared, I wouldn't go into a bandanas. I couldn't do it because I could see her sitting there yeah. and enjoying that big potato that they make, you know. It took me a long time. It took me a long time to get into something like that. That's why I said it takes a toll every year and uh, people say, well, why don't you, aren't you gonna do this or do that? Well, they don't understand what it takes out of you. 
you know, it just takes too much. Is, is August 14th just another day? No. No. It will never be just another day. So I, I didn't know if it's harder on you or you do something. Do you guys, I don't know if there's any special prayer or any gathering or... No, it's just, it's just we don't, yeah, we don't, we do, don't, we don't do that because it, like I said, it's, it's taken it's too hard, too hard on us, it's been too hard on Anna. You, you, you bring she it up every year, it no it's too much. Um, yeah, we want answers, we do. What do you hope for out of this? We know where she's at, you know. Um, I'm finally going to come forward, you know, because there is that person out there that knows there is, you know, even if not just the perpetrator, but there's somebody who either heard something or seeing something, they're afraid to come forward. This, just a few months ago, there was another search at the, the Civic Center. You brought the Q Center for Missing Persons here, and then about a month later, the Sheriff's Office was back out there searching. Talk to me about your feelings on those days, both days. I asked a, I asked a guy that was on the uh, fire department, fire department, but he was on the search team that day. And uh, I said, they were they was going out, you know, uh, getting calls. And they'd go out certain part of the jungle out there. And I said, well, did they find anything? He said, no. And I, I just seen a look on his face. I said, you wouldn't tell us if you did, would you? He said, no, I wouldn't. Let's remind people how that happened. The Q Center for Missing Persons. This was an organization that you'd had had some interaction with for almost a decade. Right. Yeah. They. Uh... At the beginning, they came. Uh, she wanted to do different searches and stuff, but she was denied. Sheriff's Department wouldn't let her. Um, then, when you guys started doing your stories again, they called us again and said that they wanted to do a search and they was going to contact the sheriff's office and try to get something set up. Well, they did, and um, when they said the Civic Center. Um, did I have hope they would find something? I had hope, but I didn't think they would, you know. I was glad that they came forward and at least started something, okay. Um, Why didn't you think they would find something that day? Because I don't think she's there. I really don't. I, 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 I have I, a pretty good feeling I know where she's at. Where do you think yeah. she is? She's on his property. I know it. Sure as I know my name. When you see it, you feel it. Right. We've spoken with the the investigators um, about that, about the limitations, mm -hmm. and why they can't go back to that property, because they say they can't prove that Amanda ever left the Civic Center grounds. But if you're, in, he he keeps saying he's innocent. He didn't he didn't do anything. He didn't. He knows nothing. He's not the daddy of the baby and everything. Well, if that's the case, why won't he talk to the investigators and such? Why does he have a lawyer on retainer for 14 years? Why does his girlfriend have, I understand now, I understand he's, he's the same lawyer she's got is the same lawyer he's got. Why would you have that for 14 years if you're innocent? And there's no way. Maybe why wouldn't you consent to an extensive search? Right. Exactly. Why was it, why was it an escorted search when when he they came in there initially to search? It was an escorted search. You can look here, but you can't look over there. Maybe. What kind of search is that? Mm -hmm. What do you think happened, and has anything changed 
since August 14th, 2005, or the weeks, the, you know, the initial weeks after that. Has anything happened in all the years since that changes your mind or changed your thinking in any way about what happened to your daughter? They've tried to pin yeah. it on other people, and they, the Sheriff Booyer, he said, we've tried to pin it on other people, and it comes right back to, to Westfall. We have, well, Doc Holmes even said that. Yeah. He said, we've tried. And it keeps and coming, it keeps back, coming back to him. Back. But what, when you was talking about the search, why did it take them almost 14 years to do it? They should have done that that day, yeah. that next day, that week. And, you know, then maybe they might have found something. If, you know, evidence that he, she was there, here or there or, you know, if they would just give us something. Instead of telling us every time, you know, well, we don't have anything. Well, let me know what you're actually doing. You don't have to, you know, I know you can't reveal to me everything because you're afraid I might say something. I understand that. But you could give me something. I know we're not the only years. ones that have missing children. And my heart bleeds for every one of those people because I know what they're going through. And they're all waiting for answers too. Is there, do you have hope? Do you pin your hope on something? Is there something out there that keeps you hopeful, keeps you going? Yeah, I'm hoping that somebody's going to finally say something. Is there ever a crime that somebody don't know something? And you still think this whole thing's going to hinge on a search of that property? Yes, I do. Later, right? I believe that's I what it's going to do. What would you say to Brian Westfall if you had an opportunity to talk to him? I'd ask him what happened that day. I know he's seen my daughter because he told me that on the phone. I want to know what happened. What was your real conversation? Not these four stories that you have told everybody. But I want to know what happened. For people out there listening, watching our podcast, and in, in, in their own heads, revisiting Amanda or just learning about her for the first time, what do you want to say to them? Help us. You know, talk about it with people. Some, you know, you, somebody you may not even know, if you talk about it, they might say, oh, I remember that. And I remember seeing such and such, you know? So we need the community, the everybody around to talk. What questions do you still have for investigators? What things about the case over the last 14 years have you not been able to get answers about? Well, a lot of them have asked about the totes, you know? Um, where'd they come from? Well, we were told at the very beginning they went and bought them at Target because they had receipts to prove it. Why that day? Why that afternoon? Right. You know, why all of a sudden do you decide to go buy totes at Target and it makes you wonder, what'd they buy them for? Why wasn't this case taken seriously from the very beginning? Because I, I, to, it was vouched up from the very beginning in my eyes. I mean, the first yeah. thing Sheriff Booyer said, well, I think she just walked away. Yeah. Come on. How is a, somebody in that condition gonna just walk away? And where would she walk to? And why would she leave her car if she you walked know? away? And why would she leave a, a, a four-year-old daughter? That, that was her that, life. That was her life, and she had her the bedroom all ready for the baby. Yeah. I mean, it was just- There was no way. You know, how could somebody say she just walked away? When he said that, I, about, I lost it. I mean, I was a basket case anyway, mm -hmm. but that just tore me up something terrible. 
So from that moment, I don't believe they actually took her seriously as something really happened. And then he finally said, what was it, a day or two later that um, they believed that there was um, uh, foul play. Foul play, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of things can disappear and um, happen in just a day or two. The day after she disappeared, when Tommy Wright and all the other detectives came, at that time, the church we were going to, the pastor was there, and he knew Tommy. And he even said to Tommy, he says, you know, this is going to go for full circle. In other words, it's just going to go around, and it's going to come back to that perpetrator. And that's what they've been telling us. You know, Tommy told us that. Uh, Doc Holmes told us. And the FBI told us says it all comes right back to him. And if it, and if it all comes back to him, what's, what's the next step? Keeping, yeah, what's the next step? That's, that's a good one. Good question. I took their questions and several others I gathered during our reporting back to the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office. Captain Gary Higginbotham was not involved in the initial investigation, but has been part of the investigation in the years following. A lot of people still have questions about maybe the original searches, why you haven't been able to search certain properties, why um, maybe certain people haven't been re-interviewed. We've talked a lot about this. Well, we've heard from both your department, from the, the FBI, is that despite searching many properties, lots of leads, interviewing lots of people, all roads kind of lead back to one person, Brian Westfall. Talk to me again about what the initial search and, and interviews were like with, with him. He's, uh, he's somebody we need to look at. I mean, he's the last person seen with uh, uh, Amanda. And, um, uh, but the problem is with him, he's still represented it. You know, as far as that's, that's still in standing as a lawyer, and there's a lot of things we can't do that we would like to do. So originally a lot of property, like you said, was uh, um, not only you know his property um, and that area. I mean, numerous other properties are searched over time. And uh, I mean, we've had leads as far as under a blue tarp and a red wagon just off Tin House Road um, when I was in the bureau, actually. And uh, you know, those things all became, you know, came up with nothing. Um, as far as unfounded, just like a fortunate, unfortunately, a couple recent uh, searches came up with nothing, and uh, it's just disappointing. So let's talk about the the recent searches. Mm -hmm. uh, the Q Center for Missing Persons came out. They had volunteers. They had cadaver dogs, uh, which then resulted in you all doing some more thorough searches, kind of digging a little further in certain areas on the Civic Center grounds. Talk to me about that. Well, the first one was actually on the 22nd. We had a spot there that was okay as far as the dogs indicating. Um, some dogs did, some dogs didn't. The way they work, they kind of do multiple dogs, run them over the same area. Um, so we dug an area there actually on the property. The second area ended up being off the property just north there. Uh, there was some delay in our dig site because we had to bring in heavy equipment because uh, the way they spoke about it with uh, the water direction and the large area where the dogs hit, um, we needed heavy equipment. Uh, so we, that's when we had all the rains earlier this year and we would actually have to come across somebody else's property so we got permission to search. So we got out there on the 20th and that's when I stopped by in the morning and at lunchtime because I was kind of excited about this good lead. Um, dug very slowly with the backhoe, was talking, you know, taking inches off dirt at a time, not like the normal operation. Uh, but long story short, it turned up nothing. Um, and it wasn't a real in-depth dig as far as width, of course, you know, 40, 50 feet. 
uh, deep wise, uh, you know, I was thinking something could be deeper. And it's actually been explained to me in the past. Um, it's kind of just like levels of sediment. And you can see very clearly, um, uh, you know, they have an anthropologist with us from the uh, uh, medical examiner's office. And you actually see those layers of dirt, um, whether it may be a layer of clay that's two foot deep and then there's topsoil above that and some are a different type of darker dirt below that. So it's really, you can really see if somebody's ever dug there by going through those layers real slowly because that dirt would be overturned at some point to get down to whatever depth. So if you dig a certain level, um, it's somewhere where somebody, you know, was down six foot, eight foot, 10 foot, 12 foot. Um, if you go a few feet, and I don't know how many feet we end up, at lunchtime I was out there, I think we were about three to four feet. Uh, but anyway, you can tell then that that earth was never overturned above anything else. So once I realized that and stuff, like I said, dug a huge area because the dogs um, hit kind of in different areas. And again, that's one that got our hopes up um, for something. Um, and uh, just didn't uh, turn out to be anything. Knowing that Brian was the last person to see her, knowing that they had this history between them, knowing that there was maybe a, a question of paternity on that baby, why is law enforcement not able to do more, move further, interrogate rather than interview why does he get to determine where the searches happen and why is he able to just say i'm not going to talk again um, i mean it's really their constitutional rights i mean that's really the the bottom line and those can't be violated we're not going to violate those and uh um, and that's really what limits our scope of what we can and can't do i mean uh, it's not just state law federal law we have to follow um, there's court holdings as far as what we can and can't do under Miranda interrogation or interviews. Uh, there's just a ton of rules we have to follow and we have to abide by those. But again, knowing that like so much of this case kind of points back to because he was the last person to see her, because of their past, because of the question of this paternity and whether maybe he wanted her to have an abortion or all of these things that have kind of come up along their knowing that that time that they knew each other, why isn't that enough to say we need we need to go after him and we have enough reason, enough cause to to search his property, to ask him more questions, to get answers from him? We've never had probable cause for an arrest. Um, we've never had probable cause uh, to get a search warrant for certain properties we'd like to look at. Uh, so we have to fall back on permission to search. Um, so sometimes in some cases we get that, some cases we don't. All of those things potential motive, him being the last person, not that that collectively is still not enough to say we have reason to believe that we need to search that property or we need to question him again. Well, again, there's a difference, a legal definition of reason to believe or reasonable doubt. Or, um, and, and that word's used a lot in, in our profession. I don't really like that word because it's undefinable. Um, but to get what you're talking to, what we want to do, we need probable cause um, to get those search warrants or you know, even arrest in the case. And we're just not to that point yet. Talk to me about the other agencies that have been involved with this uh, inter investigation over the course of the years. I, I see a lot of people asking, why don't they bring in other agencies? Why don't they ask for help from outside agencies? So I'm giving you an opportunity to talk about who has been involved with Well, like this. I said, we brought in the FBI um, on this case and uh, you know, for the last few years and they're still involved. 
Um, other agencies always assist us. We have leads that lead us to Texas. Um, I can't get in a lot of details of what those are, but uh, we have leads that our jurisdictions are helping us out on daily. Um, there's nothing, we have not received a lead yet, in my opinion, that we haven't been able to handle. Um, so it's not beyond our scope or our scope of knowledge or our manpower issues. Um, everything's been followed up on um, and there's just nothing else that, uh, that can be done uh, that we're not doing. The night that Amanda disappeared, there was witness statements that said they saw him at the horse barn loading some things into a trailer. I know witnesses said they saw him leave alone. He made a stop at the fire department on his way home, spoke with someone there. They said that he was alone and then he, he went home. Mm -hmm. The people that say, yes, he was home that night and that he was alone are his parents and his girlfriend, who all might be people who would be interested in his well-being and his benefit and seeing him stay out of trouble, mm -hmm. so to speak. Exactly. Why are those people given the benefit of the doubt in this situation, knowing that they might have reason to maybe not be truthful? Yeah, nothing's ruled out, right? Right. Yeah, nothing's ruled out. And we do that in any um, investigation, especially a possibly a homicide investigation. Um, I mean, and they're all weighed. I mean, it's uh, it's based on common sense. We recognize those things too. We have these people who have an interest, right, on this side. They have an interest in, in a person. Um, and then we got uh, other people may have an interest and weave a story a different way. So yeah, we take into account uh, both sides of that. And that really just is kind of a weight, like the scales of justice. That's what we do is we weigh what we have. And uh, yeah, we consider all that too. So, you know, what's uh, already being truthful, you know, and that's something, um, that's something that, I mean, I hate to say it, it's not illegal to lie to us um, if they did. Um, so yeah, that's all stuff we weigh. Any new leads, any new information that's been coming in that's been helping along? Actually, we get more numerous. It, it's really helped, um, but again, it's still sporadic. Uh, but it's a lot more we were getting in the last, say, few years. Anything that you all from the Sheriff's Office would like to see Say about just sort of the interaction or the communication with the with the Propses or Amanda's family in general uh, over the last 14 years. Anything you all want to say just on behalf of the department? Well, I mean, I'm not speaking for the sheriff individually, but just speaking for myself. Uh, like I said, I can't imagine. I can't put my my myself in their shoes and imagine what they've gone through for the last 14 years. Um, but on my side, it's just. Uh, it's confusing when we get some of the conspiracy theories and uh, and kind of into windows that we don't care. Um, because like I said, I'm not only for the family, I want to be part of solving this case, um, but kind of a selfish reason. That's why I can't understand that we don't want to solve it. That's what confuses me. Because um, we want to look good, whether it's to the family, our peers, um, this is a big case that everybody needs some sort of closure on. Um, and including us, like the latest dig site, um, I went out there before work, on the way to work, I went out there at lunchtime to check, because um, those leads kind of excite me too, as far as maybe we finally have something. Um, so that's the only part I'd like to add, is that we as humans um, want to solve this case, and it's really hard for us to understand how somebody would not think that we didn't want to solve it. With that then being said, there are a lot of conspiracies, theories, and rumors and things out there, anything that you want to clear up, anything you want the public to know, aside from Amanda's family, but just what, what you want people in the community to know as they're 
talking about this case or as they're thinking through it? Anything that you want to share? Like I said, I keep hoping or, or wishing that somebody knows more that hasn't came forward. It's as simple as that because um, we need help. I mean, it's been going on 14 years. Um, the family needs help. Um, we want to solve this farm. Um, if anybody has information, don't hesitate to contact us, no matter how small, how long ago. Um, like I said, we're following up with leads in Texas right now. Um, we're going to follow up on everything that comes across, and a lot of times in these cases, something very minute uh, somebody doesn't think is real obvious, and it ends up being you know, the, the final clue what we need to reach that probable cause level. Bert, as we prepare to sort of wrap up this podcast and, and are there any final thoughts you have for people listening, people who are remembering this case, learning about it for the first time, anything that you want to stick with people as we sort of move forward? Yeah, I want them to take a look at her, look at her picture, very sweet, loving woman, and think of that baby. A baby now, you know, didn't have a chance to have a life. What if it was yours, yeah. Yeah, and, and look at her as if, was this your daughter, your sister, yeah. your your wife, you know? And just take it to heart, and if you hear chatter around, listen, you know? And even if it's something you, you don't think would help, it might be just that key. That little thing might be the key it's gonna take. Anything else you want us to know? Well, we want to thank you yeah. and Andy for what you have done on this case, for bringing it back out in the public eye. You, you just don't know how much our hearts are appreciated over that. We really appreciate it. More than you know. Yeah, more than you know. Both of you guys have been wonderful. Here's the, the 14th being the last one, and maybe by 15 we'll know. We pray for that every year. You know, uh, I pray and say, you know, like when a holiday goes by, oh Lord, here's another Christmas without her. Do we have to go another year or another birthday? You know, and when Hannah was graduating, you know, it's like, oh Lord, here's I mean, Hannah graduating and her mom's not here. You know, to see it, how many of these things, milestones, has she missed because somebody decided to take her away? The FBI is offering a reward of up to $20,000 for information leading to the location of Amanda Jones and her unborn child, or for information leading to the person or people responsible for their disappearance. We thank you for listening. I'm Katie Corman. And I'm Andy Banker. Hi all, it's Katie. We have an update we thought was important to include in this wrap-up episode. After my sit-down with Captain Gary Higginbotham, he reached out to me with some new information. We have all been under the impression all these years that the only search conducted at the Westfall property was a limited search guided by Brian Westfall and his attorney two days after Amanda disappeared. Higginbotham says after reviewing the file again, he saw another search was conducted on August 24, 2005. He says the case file indicates the sheriff's office a canine search team, and the FBI conducted another search of the Westfall property, including Brian Westfall's home and vehicles. The home of Westfall's parents, who also live on the property, was not searched. 
Higginbotham says several items were seized from the property for further investigation, but he could not specify what those items were or if they proved to be helpful in the investigation. A reminder, the Westfalls own hundreds of acres, and we still don't know how extensively the property was searched, but we thought it was important to let you know that we learned a second search was in fact conducted. Higginbotham says the sheriff's office received 342 leads on the original case, and the leads have continued to roll in since then. Higginbotham tells me this is a lot of leads, and they have led to searches, interviews, phone records, and surveillance footage. And one more update for you. The first day I met Amanda's parents, they shared with me that when Amanda went to meet Westfall on the day she disappeared, she brought with her sonogram photos to show him in hopes that it might entice him to want to be in Hayden's life. All these years, those photos have been kept as evidence. Bertha and Hugh said they were the only photos they had or would ever have of their grandson, and they were desperate to get them back. After mentioning it again, this time to Captain Higginbotham, the sheriff's office found the photos and provided Amanda's family with photographed copies of the sonograms. The originals will remain in evidence until the case is closed.